Hey everyone, welcome to the Building Efficiency Podcast presented by Nenny and Associates. I'm your host, Jim Schaefer. Now, if this is your first time tuning in, Nenny and Associates is an executive search firm focused on the building efficiency industry, hence why we named the podcast the way that we did. And simply put, we help our clients find the right talent, and each week, we sit down with leaders from the industry to discuss their backgrounds, how they got started, and where they see the industry going. We also get to know our guests and find out what drives them to be successful. So on today's episode, episode 10, we sit down with Pete Todd, who is the president of VelTOC Advisors. Pete provides his insight into the industry as it relates to IoT and technology, which is great stuff, but you'll definitely want to stick around until the end to hear about Pete's advice that he'd give to his 22-year-old self. And also, Pete outlines his daily non-negotiables, which are eerily similar to mine. So um, really interesting to hear that. Now, if you haven't done so already, be sure to subscribe to our channel. And if you enjoy this episode, please, Share it and leave a five-star review. Now, we think you're really going to enjoy this episode with Pete Todd, so let's drop in. Welcome, everyone, to the Building Efficiency Podcast. Today, we are sitting down with Pete Todd, who is the president of Veltiosi Advisors. Pete, welcome to the show. Thank you, Jim. It's good to be here. Yeah, yeah. I'm glad we were able to, to make this work and carve out some time in our schedule. So, so you're out in California. Are you surviving? You keeping your head above water? I keep hearing California's, uh, everything's crazy right now, but California is special. You doing all right out there? Yeah, I'm, 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 my family and I are doing good. Um, but yeah, California's definitely been on a roller coaster. Back in March, we were about the first in the country to do the stay-at-home shutdown. And we really thought we were kind of coming out of it. Um, and maybe that's the problem. A lot of people started going out and uh, we have seen a re- resurgence of cases. But, um, but, you know, I think everyone's kind of keeping their head above water and, and trying to do the very best they can right now. Yeah, I know it's, it's tough for everyone, but uh, I remain the optimist. I think the light's at the end of the tunnel. We got to be coming out of this thing soon but um all right we're, we're not going to spend I too agree. much time talking about uh coronavirus this is the building efficiency podcast so so pete uh tell us a little bit about your background yeah so um i grew up in southern california uh attended school in la usc uh have a engineering undergraduate later added an mba in finance my my track after business school was really in technical marketing, and then I uh, transitioned over into sales and uh, worked for a number of companies, large companies like Toshiba in their electronic components area, optoelectronics, and then transitioned into small startup companies, which uh, kind of led a path of, you know, grow them, then they get acquired, grow them, they get acquired, fix them, they get acquired, that sort of thing. So a lot of M&A activity in my background. Um, my last role, as you know, Jim, because you were a, a very much a, a key part of the team that I was building there, was uh, at a company called Sloan LED. Uh, Sloan is also a Southern California-based company with quite a legacy in the lighting industry. Uh, and I was brought into um, basically revamp the sales team there uh, on a global basis. So that, that was kind of my most recent role up till, as you mentioned previously, I've uh, just launched an advisory company where now I can kind of full time work with all sorts of different companies that uh, need help in going to market, need help in uh, fixing a sales problem and basically uh, growing revenue as quickly as possible. 
Okay. Okay. So you're at, you're at this unique inflection point here. You just launched the business. You picked the perfect time right in the middle of a global pandemic. No better time to start your own business, right? <laughs> well, you know, it's sink or swim. Uh, but you know what, what I'm seeing so far is a lot of, a lot of companies have needs. Uh, and these are needs that obviously were not foreseen when business plans were put together at the end of 2019. Um, and there's a lot of need out there right now and a lot of, uh, a lot of demand for, um, for expertise uh, to help. Yeah, I would, I would imagine so. So you mentioned Toshiba, you mentioned Sloan LED. So obviously your background, you know, really strong electrical, you know, lighting, that's semiconductors. Is that the, the industry focus that you have today with your new advisory business? I mean, is there a vertical market focus that you have? Well, I mean, I, uh, I, I'm a little more agnostic, but obviously technology is such a generic phrase. Uh, semiconductors, industrial controls, uh, value-added distribution. One of my clients right now is in the business services area. So uh, I'm definitely trying to branch out outside of just high technology, uh, but have a obvious background in semiconductor, IoT, some um, enabling uh, firmware, uh, as well as uh, cloud computing, et cetera. So, I mean, it, it is pretty high tech, but as you know, in the lighting business, I mean, that's kind of low tech uh, from the sense that the economies are, are pretty old, signage customers and um, other uh, companies that are looking to do some retrofit business. So I'm, I'm kind of spreading the gamut at this point. Right, right, okay. And as far as the services that you're offering, right? I mean, your background and, and just, you know, I know you and I have known each other for a little while now, and I know you got a really strong you know, sales, sales leadership strategy right on a global level. So when you're sitting down with you know, prospective customers or current customers, you know, how are you really helping them and bringing value to them today? You know, just with the experience. And yeah, yeah, good question. I, I think uh, the answer to that is if you look again at, at the individual companies that I've worked at over the years, there seemed to be a real theme of going in and uh, assessing what's happening and, uh, and then providing uh, a series of improvements and fixes. And then along the way or at the end, putting in uh, sustaining processes that keeps the team kind of operating and and performing the way that it, it really needs to, to meet the business objectives. And so uh, the services that I'm offering now is, as a consultant or a interim uh, chief revenue officer are largely the same. And, and this would be something that would be discussed primarily at the, at the C level, at the CEO level, who knows he has a problem, who knows uh, he wants to go in a different direction. Um, and, and to go in to assess, make recommendations, implement them, and put in sustaining practices, and then turn it over to uh, a full-time person to, to, uh, to operate it and to run it. And of course, I could be part of that as well. So e even though the name is, is uh, different, even though the responsibility is more of a, a, a contracted um, limited engagement, uh, the work will largely be the same. And, and this is the part that I really enjoyed. And as you and I have worked together before, you've been a part of how teams have been improved. Um, and, um, and, and that's really what I want to focus on going forward. 
And Pete, as you hover out and you look at the industry and just maybe through the lens of all the experience that you have, where do you see the industry heading? And I know this is a really tough question because we're in the middle of this global pandemic. It's, it's, it's kind of like untangling some weeds here, but where do you see the industry heading here at this point? Yeah, it's that, that is the, uh, you know, the, the million dollar question. And I think that, you know, when I want to answer it in a couple of ways, first of all, industry in the sense of, of people who, who are working in industries that are, that are actually at work and then specific to kind of the subject of this podcast and building efficiency. I'd like to, to make a comment there as well. I mean, the, the obvious, the obvious, uh, comment and the obvious thing that I think we're all seeing is that, you know, people are now working from home. People aren't traveling. Customers aren't meeting salespeople. I mean, at one point, as I mentioned earlier, the economy just stopped. But now, I mean, obviously the economy is 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 moving again, but there are there is a definitely a new normal and we're not done yet. Um, specific to building I think when we, when I've always referred to building efficiency, I think there was always um, kind of a presumption now of, of building, having a building that would consume less energy. And, and from a lighting standpoint, for example, you know, we've got some really fancy calculators that show a return on investment and payback time and energy consumption and utility uh, incentives to make that, that happen. Um, but, but now, with, um, when we look at a building, particularly a building where people are going to work, I think the equation has gotten a lot more complicated. In fact, um, right now, buildings are, are actually consuming more energy because HVAC systems are running more and having to do more to try to keep the air um, of, a, of a higher quality, of a healthier quality to try to get people back in the building. And so I think that the concept now of what needs to happen within the building isn't necessarily just an energy efficiency standpoint. It also includes a healthy uh, perspective. And that could include, uh, of course, a lot of uh, air purification. It could include uh, potentially some ultraviolet light uh, technology for disinfectant. It could include some wireless technologies to to reduce touching that that were to happen in a building, as well as obviously the spacing out of of people in the building. So, but it's still important for for buildings to be energy efficient. In fact. Some states have mandated that, that energy efficiency. So I think the issue gets really complicated, and this is very dynamic. I think if we look forward to a month from now or three months from now or whatnot, the comments I just made could be completely outdated, but I think the trend is one that we're all seeing right now, and it's going to mean that companies that, that support technologies and buildings uh, we'll have to be partners for this level of innovation for kind of a holistic approach to the building such that these could really be as um, 
one person who's been extensively quoted on this subject, Joe Allen from Harvard. He's a professor of exposure and assessment. He, he introduces the concept of healthy buildings, which is a little bit of a different concept than efficient buildings. But of course, efficiency has to be a part of it. So I think it's really a hot topic right now. Um, and it, it is definitely more holistic than just energy consumption. Without a doubt. Anytime there's an economic crisis, uh, new industries are born and, and maybe companies that were, were struggling at one point all of a sudden have a new niche that they can grow in. So I 100% agree with you. And it's going to be fascinating to see where this all heads in the uh, next coming months and, and years. So I appreciate the insight on that. And I think our listeners will as well. Yeah. And, and, yeah, and I think that um, you know the other the other angle to this is for facilities that do manufacturing, uh, and you know obviously there is a huge opportunity going forward for automation, not so much less people but less touching, and you know the, to enable the the distancing that is so important right now, and with that will become. Uh, you know, a real impetus to uh, Internet of Things, IoT uh, technology, and even uh, AI, which is, you know, the artificial intelligence to enable machines to, to be smarter and uh, to implement things they haven't done before. Uh, and and not, to, not to throw one more acronym at you, but that one of the big enablers for IoT going forward is going to be... Uh, 5G wireless technology that will connect more and more machines uh, together. So I think it is really um, a really interesting time. And I think in hindsight, COVID could be the prompt uh, that helps build out that infrastructure, not to mention how 5G could help bring better internet service to, to homes and to neighborhoods as well, because so much bandwidth is being used right now. So it's, there's a lot going on. Yeah. And you could probably spend a whole nother podcast talking about 5G and everything that's happening there and uh, you know what China's involvement is going to be. So I think that's outside of the scope of the show, but <laughs> still a fascinating, Definitely. fascinating topic. So I, I wanted to transition to the last part of the show here, uh, Pete. These are the same four questions that I asked to every guest that comes on the Building Efficiency Podcast. I wanted to lead off here. Pete, what are your daily non-negotiables? Yeah. Um, well, um, I mean, on a daily basis, there's really there's really two things that are I would, in your words, are non-negotiable things that I do um, every day. And the first thing is I'm kind of an early riser, and uh, I like to work out, um, and that's been made a little bit more challenging out here in California. I think, like most of the country. Uh, gyms have been have been closed, and so my workout's a little bit different. But I still like to to try to work out. It puts me in the right frame of mind going into the day. Uh, also, um, you know, I, I I pray every morning as well, and um, faith is a big part of my life. And um, and so I'll pray every morning, and I also try to pause during the day. And there are apps that help me do that to just help me kind of reset my vision and, and, uh, and pause, which I think is really important uh, at, a, at a time like this where things can get stressful, for sure. Well, you and I have similar daily non-negotiables, so uh, 
hundred percent agree with you on those. <laughs> and and Pete, let's rewind the clock here. Twenty-two years old, you're graduating out of USC. What advice would you give to your twenty-two-year-old self? So this would be. Uh, let me do the math. That would be like fourteen years ago, right? That's what you're saying. That's about yes, yes. Okay, thank you, thanks, Jim. I appreciate that. So, you know, you. you and full disclosure, you gave me this question before we started talking. It, it really made me think. Uh, first of all, um, I didn't really get any advice when I was 22. Um, I am the master of kind of learning the hard way. And, um, and, and part of what I do in volunteering my time is to work with local uh, MBA students at uh, UC campus, UC Irvine. And, and I... I share this advice with them all the time. And they happen to be in their 20s. So, you know, I mean, the advice that I would give my 22-year-old self would have been, uh, first, firstly, and there, there's really four areas. Um, the first would be, I would say, number one, be really purposeful in how you select a career. I, I, in hindsight, I joined uh, my first company after my MBA because I had a friend there and he said, hey, we need help. And I just said, well, I'd love to work with this guy. I really didn't think about it very much. It turned out I loved it and it was very fortunate for me. However, I, my advice to myself would be identify what you like doing and what you don't like doing. And then overlay that with what you're good at and what you're not good at. And some of us, it's hard to identify what we're good at and what we're not good at. Some of us that are married have no problem hearing that from our, from our wives, of course. But I would say if you can identify those four areas, what you like, what you don't like, what you're good at, what you're not good at, what you want to be looking at is kind of what you like doing and what you're good at and really try to focus in your career in, in that area and be very purpose, purposeful about um, walking down that path. The, 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 the challenge is, is that when you get into your 50s, it's very difficult to do this assessment and say, I want to completely pivot. But when you're 22, that's the time to really be honest about how you're deciding what you're going to be doing with your career. Um, that's number one, in, in no order, by the way. Uh, number two, and, and most importantly, is that relationships really matter. And ultimately, the quality of the relationships in your life, Mr. 22-year-old, um, will be a major factor in the quality of your life. And so make it a priority and be very thoughtful about the relationships that, that you cultivate, that you engage with. And that includes, of course, the selection of a spouse, things that you really consider your best friends to be in your inner circle that you're doing life with. I think related to this, you know, there's no way you can have great relationships in your life unless you treat people the way that you'd want to be treated and that you need to be a person with unquestioned integrity. And kind of my barometer on that is being a person that always does what he or she says they're going to do. That doesn't mean being a superhuman. It just means if you say you're going to call someone tomorrow, call someone tomorrow. You say you're going to do something, do it by the time you say it. And if anyone listening to this can think of how many people in their life do that 100% of the time, my guess is there's probably less than five people in their network that actually do that. And so you have a real opportunity to distinguish yourself and um, 
if you adhere to that standard. Um, the third bit of advice I'd give myself is that, you know, to, to just be blunt and say life will have some great moments, life will have some really terrible moments. Both of them won't last, but they're going to happen. So be prepared to handle both. And I think this year, nobody saw COVID coming. Um, and it's obviously led to a lot of misery. I mean, for a lot of families, and it's still happening. It, it will not last, it will pass. But mentally being ready for the roller coaster of life when it, you're at your peak, you're probably headed for something going down, I think really helps, um, would be a bit of advice I would have loved to have gotten when I was 22 and feeling kind of bulletproof. And then, and then lastly, and I kind of alluded to this when I talked about my daily non-negotiables, I'd say love God with your heart and love your neighbor as yourself. It's the golden rule. It's the, the, the most important commandment. And I'd say that by living your life that way, you're laying a foundation for your life that will enable you to handle everything that life throws your way, including COVID. So those, those are the four areas of advice I would have given my 22-year-old self. Well, that is thorough and that is simple. But just because it's simple doesn't mean it's easy. I found the best advice always oh, to be no. simple and applicable, but uh, doesn't mean it's easy to do. So there's a lot of content there, a lot to unpack. And, and Pete, just for the sake of uh, uh, your time here, I want to just skip ahead to the uh, the fourth and final question here. What do you want your lasting legacy to be? Yeah, another great question that I hardly ever thought of prior to this. But I, I'd say, you know, I really would want my legacy to be that. Um, People would think of me as a loving husband, a loving dad, loving son, loving friend, and, you know, and a, and a loving colleague. Um, I would like my legacy to be that I was thought of as a, as a person that was generous, generous with his time, generous with his advice, generous with his actions. And that lastly, um, I'd want people to think of me as someone who was far from perfect. I made a ton of mistakes, but I always kept trying to do my best and definitely wasn't afraid to talk about my faith and to put it in action. Oh man, that is, that is so good. Uh, a lot of, a lot of rich information there. So, uh, so Pete, I appreciate your time. I appreciate you coming on. I appreciate everything that you walked us through there. So uh, thanks a lot. And we'll let you run. Jim, thank you for the opportunity and thanks for everything you've done for me uh, at Swan LED. All right. Take care. You too. Thank you, Jim. All right. So there you have it. Episode 10 with Pete Todd. Hope everyone enjoyed this episode as much as I did. And if you did enjoy it, please be sure to subscribe to our channel wherever you enjoy listening to your favorite podcasts. So we hope you're sharing this with your friends and colleagues as well. And one last thing, if you have ideas for future guests, from the industry, please reach out to me. We really would love to hear from you loyal listeners. So until next time, I'm Jim Schaefer, and we'll catch you on the next episode.